The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Oh boy, oh boy, do I have a surprise for you guys. This is one of my favorite brands on the planet. This episode is brought to you by Elemis. You guys have heard me talk about Elemis 800 million times, and they're offering all TSC, him and her listeners, the opportunity to purchase the Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm travel size for just $5. And this is just to cover shipping and handling. So you're going to get this bomb that I have talked about so many times. I'll explain within the episode how to use it, but it's this buttery, delicious, spa-like bomb that is insane for taking your makeup off. All you have to do is visit www.elemis.com slash skinny. That's www.elemis.com slash skinny to get yours. And remember, of course, to use the promo code skinny15 at checkout to get 15% off your first order at Elemis. All right, let's Let's get into the show. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. I think millennials today and the people just graduating think they can just like jump right into something that you've built, like been doing like for maybe 15 years and think that you have like are entitled to just be up there doing it. And I'm like, no, like you don't see all the hustle and crazy hard work and sacrifices that all these people have done. And yes, there's talent that can sort of like jump ahead and like sort of like get you noticed. Like, you know, when you're when you're younger, which is great. And like young talent and fresh talent is great. You're not entitled enough to sort of just stay there in a way that's like you have to put in the work. What up, guys? Welcome back. Happy Tuesday. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Hannah Lux Davis. She is an American music video commercial and film director. She is major. She's worked with artists like Ariana Grande, Demi Lovato, Nicki Minaj, Miley Cyrus, Lil Wayne, and Drake, to name a few. Michael, Taylor, what's up? I know it's Taylor's birthday week. He is really chomping at the bit to talk about his birthday. He's one of those people. He made a very specific point for us to mention that it is his birthday week. So everybody go wish the the old BNC, the bare naked cucumber, happy birthday on his Instagram. He asked for that. He said, can everyone please go wish me a happy birthday? It's at Tales You Die. So if you're feeling festive and you want to celebrate Taylor's birthday, just go to at Tales You Die. T-A-I-L-S. And I'm not quite sure what at Tales You Die means, you know. It's too long of an explanation. Let's just, I'll, I'll save them. <sighs> I feel like you need the mission statement on what it means. So we need to get your brand under control. How old are you now? Let's not disclose that for the public. Why? Well, let's say you're above 30s. I, I, listen, I, I, I don't know about men celebrating birthdays above 30s. I think it goes at your 30th birthday you can celebrate, your 40th, 50th, 60th. I never celebrate my birthday at all because bad shit usually happens to me. So I'm kind of superstitious about it. And I try not to make a big deal or draw much attention to myself. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the time that you fell asleep in Vegas on the street. Well, well, that was that was a fun weekend, but I usually don't do anything for my birthday. I'm usually it's usually to be honest, if I'm if I'm being completely honest, actually, I I think on my birthday is usually probably the saddest part of the year for me. For some, oh, for some weird period, it's, I'm like, sit there. And right. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm getting older. Pull out your violin. coming to an end. Uh-huh. I could be dying. I don't know. But you know what? I feel younger because of all the things that I learned on the podcast, as I say. It's kind of like when you celebrate your birthday in Vegas and you end up sleeping on the street, not with a sleeping bag. Like, I honestly might have been. I you know what I, my theory is, is these people that amp up their birthdays too much and they, they make this big deal of birthday. What happens is then they go all out on their birthday. And what happens is you usually end up getting too fucked up. These people that do this and then bad things happen. 
And that's when the problems start occurring, like sleeping in the streets in Vegas. Yeah, like what you did, Taylor. Um, when my birthday comes around, it's like it's like nothing's happening. I don't no, make, you don't want. No, I don't here's, want to. Here, Michael's smart. So Michael doesn't make anyone do anything. So when other people's birthday comes around, everyone makes you do everything. Listen, when I had our wedding, when we had our wedding, I didn't want any groomsmen, no best men, because I knew if I made anybody a groomsman, like say there's eight guys that are groomsmen or five guys that are there. I know, then they feel obligated to make me one, which means when they have their wedding, they're going to say, hey, do you want to be a groomsman? I have to wear a stupid suit. It's not going to be custom to me. It's going to be from some weird store that I don't want to shop at. And then I have all these obligations. So what I try to do is create situations where nobody's obligated to me, which means I'm not obligated to them. Here's my strategy. I don't make a big deal of my birthday at all, except to one person, you. I act like it's literally the biggest day of the year and you've never seen anything like more extravagant. Listen, people, nobody ever thinks about it this way. If you make a big deal of whatever celebrates your wedding, your birthday, your cat's birthday, your kid's birthday, whatever it is, and you make people show up for that and you make them feel obligated to do it, then guess what? When they have something, you're obligated to them. It's a losing strategy. So yes, you want, you want to sacrifice everybody celebrating you for the day. Okay, some people want that. But then just know that that comes with the territory of you having to celebrate everybody you made celebrate for you. And so I, I don't want any of those obligations. Well, it plays into self-awareness too. I have never been asked to be a groomsman. Maybe that's speaks to me as a friend, but also it's how I want it. All right. Well, we do have a friend that is a groomsman at every single person's wedding. He's literally a groomsman at like someone that he's met once wedding. And guess what? He's miserable. And I'm just going to say, Weston, you're miserable. I, I called him out a little bit. You Listen, I I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Whatever. Who cares? We're calling people Taylor. out. Um, you know, guys, I... I, I don't want to be in I don't want to I don't want to be obligated. All know? right. Well, you're not obligated. If I, any listener is getting married and they need a groomsman, I will be a groomsman for I'll be a hired gun. Yeah, if you want um Taylor uh, to show up at your I mean, you know, that's that's different though. You know, because, Taylor could show up at your wedding and pick enchiladas off your dad's plate. He could also, you know, like he did to me, tell me uh, that I have a bigger dick than anyone at the wedding. Remember that wedding speech that you did, Taylor? I'll be the the cooler. That's someone who goes in like casinos when someone's winning and they go down, they sit down, they kind of like break the flow. People are probably listening, being like, God, Michael's such a dick. He doesn't want to be obligated. Listen, if you're in the hospital, three in the morning, you're in jail, 5 a.m., I'm your guy. I'll come pick you up. I'll come help he you. He is your guy. But- you want me to show up for your kid's birthday or be your groomsman or do whatever? I'm not the guy. I'm, I'm the wrong guy. I'm not interested. I don't want to do it. You don't have to do it for me. You're kind of reclusive like Leave that. Leave me out. Leave me out. Okay. Yeah. As a matter of fact, don't even invite me to your birthday party. Oh I'm good God. to go. You're Guys, in a mood today. All right. Listen, Hannah Lux Davis. Okay. Creating music videos. Lauren, we should maybe do a music video for the CSC podcast. I think that'd be kind of cool. Okay. Taylor can direct it. Taylor, you can dress up as a groomsman. We can have all sorts of recurring characters. You know what? I think I'm going to be the first one to create a music video for a podcast. Hannah, can you help us with that? Yeah, that would be a sight to see. All right. Hannah Lux Davis. She is a major American music video director in Hollywood, and she has directed things like Thank You Next with Ariana Grande. That's right, you guys. She brainstormed that whole concept. It came to life. That was so insane. She's also worked with Demi Lovato, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne, Drake, Miley Cyrus, to name a few. She is sick. You should also know that she was named by Billboard as pop music's most in-demand director. We are so excited to welcome her to the show. We really pick her brain on this episode and we dive into it. You ready? Before we dive into that, I'm going to tell you exactly how I use my LMS Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm. Okay. 
First of all, if you're removing your makeup with a wipe, you're pulling on your face. And I am not a fan of pulling on my face. So here's what I do. I go home. I have my makeup on. I take my cleansing balm. I put it all over my face. I've showed you guys this on Instagram story. I like to let it sit for five to 10 minutes. You could wash it off right away, but I'm just a fan of letting all the goodness seep in. So it's like a balm, kind of like a lip balm without the stickiness all over your face. You're walking around. You're letting it do its thing. Then you wash it off very carefully. I like to use a baby cloth to remove it. And then I even sometimes rub a little extra around my eyes to really remove the eye makeup. And it is the best. It leaves your skin so buttery, so nice, so dewy. I can't explain it. It's one of those things you just have to try. This product is on the master list and I could not be more excited because they're giving all TSC, him and her listeners, the opportunity to purchase the Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm travel size for just $5. And that's just to cover shipping and handling, guys. This is a product that you're going to try and travel size and you're going to immediately order again. You're going to be obsessed, okay? So all you have to do is go to elemis.com slash skinny. That's elemis.com slash skinny to get yours. And remember to use the promo code skinny15 at checkout. You're going to get 15% off your first order at Elemis. You guys, this is like a spa situation for your face that removes your makeup in the most delicate way. Enjoy. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. We are here. We're live with Hannah. Where did we meet Hannah, Michael? I think Instagram. Instagram. Right? Yeah, Instagram. Through Krista. Shout out to Krista yeah, and Dave. Krista. Yes. Michael's going to make you get so close to the mic like that you're... Well, think about it like up. this. I always do the... Lauren doesn't like this example, but it's like fist, fist apart, you know, like right there. And then I always go like this. And so you can see if it bump off. Audience is really particular these days about the sound. I know you're just very particular. No, they love it. They write me and they say, Michael, way to be on that sound. I'm so glad that you're finally in studio. It took so long to book because your schedule is insane. Our schedule is insane. Yes. Um, But can you just kind of give an intro to the audience? I mean, I'm sure they've heard of you, but just give a little intro. Yeah, I'm Hannah Lux Davis and I am a director. And you probably have seen my work um, because I do videos for artists like Ariana Grande Nicki Minaj, Demi Lovato, Halsey, Anne Marie, Jason Derulo, David Guetta. <laughs> it's funny, I get here and I'm like, wait, what, what have I done? But yeah, a lot of artists, a lot of mainstream artists and pop girls are kind of like my bread and butter. Okay, let's go back. How do you get into this? Well, let's take it back. Um, you get into it by persistence, I'd say. I started, I moved here from Seattle when I was 18, and I went to film school. I went to LA Film School. I went to New York Film Academy, both in Los Angeles. They're both year-long vocational schools. And while I was here, I could have made a short film like the rest of my peers, but instead I decided to make music videos because I was obsessed with them since I was like a little kid because I grew up loving TRL. And um, I I realized that, you know what, maybe a short film was not going to come out of me. As a director in film school, you kind of have to write your own material. And at that point, I was just not in a place where I was like, oh, yeah, I feel confident in writing a script and then spending like 15 grand on this short film that's going to do absolutely nothing for me. But I did see sort of like an opportunity in creating music videos at that level, because at that level, you can reach out to real bands and real singers and um, collaborate with them. And so that's what I did. I, I reached out to people, and this is so far back that it was way before even MySpace. It was pure volume. 
Do you guys remember that? No. Yeah. Pure volume. What yeah. was that? Um, it was just kind of like a, it was like a SoundCloud type website. And I found artists on there that were, I thought were cool. And I reached out to them and I said, Hey, I really love to make your music video. I'm in film school. I'll pay for it. And, um, that's I, a pretty goddamn good deal. It is a good deal. And I even flew a band down from Seattle. Like you um, flew them yourself. Well, it was a, all part of the budget. Wow. You know? Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got started and just sort of like dipping my toes in it when I was 18, 19 years old. And then, um, so while I was in those two film schools, I did six music videos. Um, those I did like, and I, one of them was on 16 millimeter film, which was like super cool. And, um, yeah, they were just like sort of just for these bands that were really nobody's not on really a label. And then from there, I, um, you know, I had these like six videos that were kind of my calling card at that young age. And this is before Instagram. So you couldn't just like promote yourself. It was very much like it was just going into this void of barely YouTube. Yeah, right? Where did that stuff live in that void? Because it was, and yeah. I know that I remember the TRL MTV days and then obviously now a lot of it's on YouTube and the internet, but like yeah. in that in between before, where, where would it live? It lived really on the band's websites. It lived on, I think MySpace, I think MySpace was like starting to like really be a thing at that point for artists. And so I think on MySpace and then YouTube came around like right then as well. Um, but yeah, it was just sort of like a weird space in music videos. And it was a weird time in music videos back then for like bigger artists too. It was kind of like, where are we going with these? They like, kind of fell off for a while, right? Yeah, they Because fell they were off. massive and then they kind of stopped and now like massive again. Oh, totally. And, and so then from there, I was able to just sort of like, okay, I love music videos. I love directing. I was editing them as well. And I was always very handy hands on all different parts of the process. Because uh, as a kid, I was like messing around with cameras and filming and kind of doing like, um, what was that called? Punk or punk, not punked, but it was like those skater videos that were always being made. Uh-huh. I, I know what you're talking about. So we would just like get or go around with friends, like skateboarding and and just sort of like cut mus- cut these videos together to music. And that was something I really loved. So after film school, I graduated when I was 19 and I would start to PA on sets. And I realized that I was I hated to PA because PA is like a production assistant. And at that point, you're not really like in control of anything you're doing. You really just have the whim of what people are asking of you. And that to me was kind of terrifying because I didn't like coming in not prepared. I didn't like coming in not knowing what my task was going to be. And so it made me really, really nervous and anxious all the time. It sounds like you're entrepreneurial. I I guess I was. I mean, the fact that I did music videos, knowing that it would be a a better business move for me as opposed to making a short film, I feel like at a young age, I was able to like sort of recognize that was like the smart choice. Is there. that the typical path though, right? So you're going to film school, we have some friends in film school. And then mm-hmm. when you get out, they're like, okay, now make a short film. And that's how we're going to get, that's how you're going to get out there. Is that the path they set forward? Well, right now I think it's a little different because there's so much branded content and there's people needing content more than ever because there's so many platforms for it. So I feel like right now it would be, it would be easier, I think, to break in and you could, and you can work more with little amount of money because you can, there's so many tools that are so cheap. Like back then it was like thousands of dollars for editing software. And now you can make something on your phone that you could have made on this crazy expensive editing software, like 10, 15 years ago. And so um, as I was hating PAing, I discovered that, you know what, for me to be on set, which I, I knew was like going to be a valuable thing, I really need to find a path for myself that will allow me to be in the action and not as like a PA. And so I decided to go to makeup school and I went to makeup school for like a six month program here in LA. And all the while I'm still like, you know, the main goal is to be a director, but I knew that makeup was going to be a way for me to kind of get on set and have creative conversations with people 
that, you know, would sort of, you know, I'd be in the mix more and sort of be able to be around the action and learn and soak things in that were or soak things up that were going to be valuable for me as a director. And then um, from there, I was also editing. So I was editing anything that I could. I edited the weirdest shit for like no money. And then from there, I just sort of like, you just keep hustling. And I think I just never stopped. And a lot of people that I went to film school with or maybe moved here when they were 18, um, I'm 33 now. Um, I think a lot of people, when they get here and they realize how hard it is, they just sort of stop and just slowly fade out and like start to do other things. And maybe that sort of takes over. And I just never stop. I feel like that's so interesting that you say that because when we were first connected through Krista, I like went and stalked your page. And then you and I have just had conversations back and forth on Instagram. And you can feel that about you. You can feel that you're a hustler and you're not going to take no for an answer. And I love that about you. Do, is this been something that's just ingrained in you or is it something that you learned? I think it's it was ingrained in me and I think it was always my way. I always like really thought even as a little kid and this comes down to like the psychology of it all is I always felt like I really had to be good at something. Like I I always knew that for me to like sort of get attention, I think I had to be really really great at something. And so I did all these sports, I did all sorts of things growing up. I was on drumline growing up. So I was always like in activities and was always really really busy as a kid. And so I was I always knew that like if I was just good and busy at something not just busy, but just good at something and like always busy that I was going to get attention for that, whether that be like, oh, she's, you know, always doing something or just always eyes are always on me. <laughs> and and so I was able to sort of recognize that at a young age. And I think that sort of drive just really stuck with me as a way just to sort of, you know, have, I guess, attention. <laughs> well, there's a fine line. I think you touch on something important to, for young people to think about, right? There's, it's a fine line between being persistent and being um, hungry and being, um, you know, basically putting yourself out there compared to there's another thing about being annoying, right? Like, mm. I think you nailed it when you said like you had to be good at something. You had to have a skill. A lot of young people just say, I'm just going to pursue, pursue, pursue and just bother, bother, bother this person and ask and ask and ask. But it's the, at the meantime, they're not thinking about acquiring like what is the skill that I, that I can offer that they don't have? What is this? What is this piece of labor that I can bring to the table that's not being done? And I think that's where people get in trouble. They think it's just being hungry and just being, you know, persistent, but you need to bring something to the table. Yeah, I think D-Rock's have... like that. Gary V, D-Rock mm. is just like that, that what he just said. Mm, D-Rock yeah. like brought it to the table just like you did. Yeah, and I think there has to be intention behind it. And you can't just be like blindly being like hustling and hardworking and just like going at it. Like, it's like, you really do kind of have to have like, what is the, even if your goal is not something that's like very crystal clear, because a lot of people, it's a lot of pressure to always try and be like, oh, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go after it. Like, having that thing like that's a really lucky thing to have and I think I was lucky enough to where I found my passion at a very very young age but a lot of people don't know what they're doing but they know they like certain things or they just want to be you know you know in the mix on like a certain sort of you know era in whatever the industry may be or the avenue in the industry they may be in but I think you just got to have like intention of just creating something that is quality well, I think a lot of people, I, I won't just distinguish young people, I'll just say people in general, they don't know what they want to do because they think that, okay, I'm just going to be a body, I'm going to show up, I'm going to go after this organization or this person or this client, and they put themselves out there over and over and over again, but in the meantime, they're not putting in the work to acquire what, whatever that new skill set is. Like you said, you were editing, you were you were on set, you were, remake, you were tasting all of these different facets and figuring out, okay, what is it you actually like to do of all the different things that you did do, whether that was editing or filming or doing makeup or PAing. 
a lot of people jump into an organization and say, I want to do this, but they don't taste all the different things that, that you have to put into doing it. Yeah. Right? And so people get lost and say, I don't know what I want to do. And it's because you haven't tasted enough. What was the epiphany of when you felt like, oh shit, this is working? Like, is there a music video that you did or someone that you worked with where you were like, it's happening. It's all, it's all happening. Yeah. It's funny. There's been a few of those moments in my career where I'm like, oh, this all really fits like this, this, this is clicking. Um, Cause for me, it, I feel like it really does go back. And I know, I'm sure you both can like bring up things like, oh yeah, all this is coming together. And I see why I was like so into that as a kid, but like I was always collaging. I was always, you know, being really creative with my hands. And I always loved like, you know, magazines and layouts and all that sort of thing. And then my sister, my youngest sister, she's a performer. She does musical theater. And I was always watching her perform. And I was always being like, mm, let's not make that face when you make, when you hit that note. I was just kind of like, I was like, you know, I guess without even realizing it, I was directing her like in her performance if I if she asked me to watch and I she would always sing the national anthem. And so I'd always like sort of like critique her performance and like how she presents herself and like the way she sort of like, you know, walks out there. And so I think it really started like really far back then. So like that was kind of like something where I'm like, okay, I really like working with people and like sort of directing women, especially. But um, there's been a few times where I've been like, yes, this is really clicking. And I think one of them, and this is a very obscure video, one of them where I was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Um, It was a video I did for Fifth Harmony for That's My Girl. They're obviously no longer a group like that anymore. But when they were, and it was like the last video of the five of them, which was a big deal, I think. And um, we were doing like a dance performance in this. It was a very post-apocalyptic sort of video. And we were doing a dance performance outside. And there was like lots of debris. And they were in these like really tattered, like sexy outfits. And I just remember watching them like sing and do this crazy choreography. And all these moving parts were happening. And like debris and smoke was everywhere. And it just felt like a really big sort of moment. And I remember watching Monitor and being like, wow, like this is this is really happening. This is like all really coming together in a way that I didn't, all of a sudden I was like, am I period? <laughs> like it was just a really cool moment where I'm like, oh, I, I actually really do love this. So fast forward, you're basically directing. I would say, I would say this is like the top music video of the last 10 years. I mean, oh right? Like it's, it's major. Ariana Grande's Thank You Next. Yes. How'd you get there? Oh my goodness. Yeah. That video is, it's, it was a rare moment to where even on set, every extra, every PA, every, every person on that set could feel we were creating something really special. Because you played on nostalgia in the smartest way. It's like every girl can relate to what you guys did. Yeah, it was so much fun. So how that one came about, um, so our my first collaboration with Ariana was in 2014. I did the Bang Bang video with Jesse J, Nicki Minaj, and Ariana Grande. That's when I first met Ariana. And on that one, I remember just being like, oh my gosh, she's like such a ball of energy. She's just like, her voice is insane. And she was so young at the time. That was, it's crazy to think how young she was, but she just really knew her brand really well, even back then. And it's been like really cool to see her really evolve in a way that's just... I'm just like so happy for her. And um, so that was sort of the beginning of our working relationship. And from there, I went on and I did Love Me Harder. I did Focus. I did Into You. All these videos, we just sort of really got like a really great trust going and collaboration and really great process. And she's super, super hands on. What is that process? Like, how does it like say you guys want to pick this song and you're going to start? Give us specifics because you know how I am. Yes, of course. Give us like the exact specifics. I'll do the specifics with Thank You Next because I think it's a really fun one because even just like the meeting that we had and the first time I heard the song, it's like 
It's so insane. So I was, this was back in like October of this, you know, this past October. I was in New York about to shoot her video for Breathe In. And, um, and that one was like a really beautiful ballad. It was a really beautiful video. And um, it was one of those instances where she really let me have a lot of creative freedom with that one. And um, so I was just in her apartment and we were just kind of going over the creative and she sort of just kept stopping me to be like, but wait, I want to talk about the next one. Like she's very much like, but the next, the next, the next. And, and then she played me this song and there was like no name yet. I don't think. And she played me. Thank you. Next. And the first verse was like, obviously it mentions Sean, Ricky and Pete. And I remember being like, Oh my gosh, she just went there. Like she just said these names in a way that's so specific that like really no artist has done before in that, you know, of her caliber, right? Listing these ex-boyfriends names in like the first verse of the song. And that was something that I was like, this is going to be, this is like, it's so authentic. And that's something that she, I, I can go on and on about like why I think she's like so like, on the pulse and just like really killing it right now. But for this one specifically, she was like, let's let's start brainstorming for this video. And she's like, I really want to do something around a burn book, like Mean Girls. And I'm like, ooh, Mean Girls. Like, obviously, I'm obsessed. It's like one of my favorite movies. And so is she. So it started out with just like this like concept around Mean Girls. Should we make like a Mean Girls video? Just totally just Mean Girls. And then she was like, we can make a burn book, but instead of it being like bad things, we write about like our ex-boyfriends in this burn book. And it's more of like a book of like gratitude and like being thankful for like the ex and like what you've learned from them. So it was a really cool like take on not only like, you know, making Mean Girls our own, but a really cool way to sort of redefine what a breakup song is and really turn it to a positive, which I think is so important right now for artists to really take something that's really like, could be a serious thing that's like heartache and making it sort of light and kind of giving hope in a way where I think an artist hasn't really done like that before. So um, from that, it was like, okay, we're making a, be- a Mean Girls movie or a music video. And then we just sort of being, we were just like spitballing about just like other films sort of in that genre and that time that we were just obsessed with. And that became like Legally Blonde, 13 Going on 30 and Bring It On. And as we were doing that, we were like, okay, wait, there's something way deeper here that I think is really cool and and special is that each of these films, it's like a strong female lead and they're getting over some, you know, adversity or a breakup, some heartache and really coming out on the other side, a better person. And so we were really sort of playing on that in a way that just made it unique, you know, to sort of tie them all together. And then how can we make this specific to Ariana? So that was like the challenge then. Guys, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break and talk about Thrive Market. How many of you need a little bit of a refresher on Thrive Market? We've been talking about it for a long time. One of our favorite partners of the show, Thrive Market, your one-stop shop for high-end, high-quality, and highly discounted groceries, household supplies, beauty supplies, supplements, and most importantly, my smoothie supplies. Most importantly, dates. We we love the dates from Thrive Market. Michael has been making the smoothie. If you have not watched my Instagram story, boy, are you missing out. People thought you were on crack cocaine. Uh, My smoothie is basically as addictive as crack cocaine. Throw a little athletic greens in there, some celery, 
couple dates, five dates, and boom. Well, there's a lot more in that smoothie. But guys, one thing I want to tell you, I get all of these supplies. Lauren gets all these supplies from thrivemarket.com because we do not have the time to go to the grocery store and go up and down the aisles. Thrive Market makes it easy. You get high quality, like I said, highly discounted groceries, all sourced from the best places at Thrive Market. The other day I had $50. I gave myself a $50 budget on Thrive to spend and my cart was full of like 15 things. It was wild. I was getting Michael's beef jerky, some popcorn, the kettle corn specifically. It's so good. Raw almond butter, dates, the whole thing. You can also get my favorite fiber gummies, Sweet Smarts. You know what else Thrive's really helped me with? Picking smart and healthy snacks. I no longer go up the grocery aisles and grab all the bad things. I grab all the alternative healthy snacks from Thrive Market because they have it all sourced there. Yeah, they really have the best products and also like who goes to the grocery store anymore. It's it's just not efficient for time. It's so much easier to have it delivered straight to your door. It takes the middleman out of it. You know you're being healthy. You feel good about yourself. I am obsessed with Thrive Market. I don't think I'll shop anywhere else ever again. And guys, like I said, everything is 25 to 50% below retail, which is the most important part. We also have a TSC dedicated Thrive page. It has all my favorites. You're going to find Justin's Almond Butter, Rouse Marinara, the spicy one, and organic coconut oil. All you guys have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash skinny. Shop your heart out. You're going to love it. You're going to get access to all quality organic foods straight to your door. Again, guys, that's thrivemarket.com slash skinny for 25% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's thrivemarket.com slash skinny. Okay. But do you sit on the floor and cut out things? Like how does it, do you take pictures? Like how does the whole, when you get on set that day, I'm sure you come prepared. It sounds like you're a prepared person. So what are those things that you have? Is it a binder? Is it a poster board? Like what is it pictures? Have you guys already dressed up? Like what does that look like before the prep for it? Yeah. Well, you've said two things specifically that we definitely did do. We did sit on the floor and like talk about the idea. And we just had like had all this like fruit everywhere. We're just like animals were everywhere. She had her pig. It was just like, it was like, it was like a farm and it was so much fun. And we just sat on the floor and we just talked through everything. And then from there, um, I put together what's called a treatment, which is really just sort of like a creative sort of sales pitch on like what it is we're going to be making with, and that has pictures in it. And it's like a beautiful sort of display, like PDF document that is, you know, writing out like what is, what it is we're making, the tone of it, and then like tons of photos and sort of reference images of the look and feel. And obviously for this one, we had a really good base, which was the films. So there was like, you know, pulls from that. And, and we had like, you know, fashion and how can we make it Ariana? So from there, I just, you know, it's a it's a huge long process, but to sort of like sum it up. What is the like what is the link from start to finish and how how long something like this takes? Well, usually in music videos, it's very, very, very fast. We have like no time at all. We're lucky if we get a week to prep the job, which is really, really insane considering the crew can be like a hundred people, cast can be another hundred. And then you have lo- multiple locations, multiple wardrobe looks, and tons of moving parts. So, and the, and the record company sets like helps finance this and set this up, or how do you guys? Yeah, go- the label will pay for the will pay for the video, and just like a little bit of like a like a briefing of like wh- how you, this all sort of comes together is usually how it works. Is it's not what I just described. I, you normally an, a director and an artist don't just have that you know, hey, come over and let's figure out what we're going to make. And then the label just gives us the money. Usually there's like a budget and they have a single and there's a whole plan. And then, okay, which director should we go out to to write a treatment? And then the directors write a treatment. But this is why Ariana Grande is so relevant because she's not doing what everyone else is doing. She's doing it her own way. It sounds like you guys are also friends on top of it, which is like a whole different layer to the music video. And I think that that's why it resonates. It's like creating content the old way is not working for the new 
way and she goes where attention goes. That's so, so And that's accurate. why she's smart. Yeah, you know, it is so, that's so accurate because it's so great. And I think the more, and I always say this, the more successful, I think a video is the most successful when it's so authentic to the artist. And as simple as that concept sounds, like, oh, that's easy. Just make it, le- just make it like them. No, it really has to come from, first, the song. Like, is the song great? Because without the song, you don't have a great video, period. But if um, this, if the concept and, like, the timing of everything is not really in the pocket for the artist, I just don't think it's going to be as successful. Well, especially when you get a bunch of people, executives in somebody's ear saying, like, this is what I think, this is what I think. It's like, they're, that's not your job, right? Your, your job's to operate and run a business and bring well, deals, not get in the creative process. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's certain departments at record labels that do facilitate how a video is made and, and they have their job for a reason. And I, I think, you know, they've given me a lot of opportunity to like be in a position to where I can be, you know, on Ariana Grande's floor talking about Thank You Next. So there is a there is purpose for that. I just think that when artists are able to, and not all, art, all artists are like this, not all artists do like have that full picture, like 360 view of their brand and what they want to do. She's a specifically a, a case where she knows she's 10 steps ahead and she knows what she wants to do all the time. So when you walk in, do you have a poster board and a binder or how do you know what shots to shoot? Like, like I want to know, is it in your calendar? Get, take me to the micro. Yeah. So from there we have, you know, the treatment that we're going to do. We have our shoot days that we're, you know, we're, we're gearing up to go after and uh, we find locations, which, you know, takes a long time. We have our cast. And then um, I have all these sort of references I put together more specifically down to like, okay, what is the school going to look like? What are the posters going to look like on the wall? What are the backpacks going to look like that these extras have? What is their wardrobe going to look like? What's their hair and makeup references? And I kind of put together all these different things that have, you know, that are just like these really cool visual aids that I distribute. Because really the biggest part of being a director is being able to communicate a vision and an idea. So my job is really to sort of curate all these sort of mood boards and distribute them to the right departments. And then we put together a schedule, which takes a long time. And we sort of come up with a plan of attack. And then I do go to set with the binder because it has like everything in it. And I like a physical copy because I find it's much faster to just walk into a room and then be like, no, I wanted the eyeliner like this. And I can show the page and the picture and I can get really, really specific. And I think there's a time and place for that sort of specificity. And I love to sort of be collaborative with the people I bring on and hire. But I I like to also have like a really strong idea of what it is that I want to do, you know, even before going to set. So everybody has a strong, you know, vision as well. So what happens after the success of that video in your personal life? Yeah, that was definitely... I'm sure that was, that was, that was a game changer. You're overwhelmed. <laughs> no, it was a moment. It was a really cool time because it was a, it was a cool time when... It's it's cool when it lines up with also, like I said, the song. And that was... A, it was like a moment in pop culture for the song, for her. It really opened up. And you hit it earlier how it like brought up all this nostalgia. And I think it was... It was a time where people were really craving that sort of like comfort of nostalgia, you know, and I think it really opened up her audience and it brought in fans that were maybe not quite as young and it brought in guys, it brought in like older people that were like into the films back when they came out. And it it just really started a conversation around just like pop culture and why is nostalgia so big right now? Like all of a sudden, like nostalgia became like a thing. And um, so that was really cool to sort of be a part of. But like, you know, why I think nostalgia is big right now mm-hmm. and maybe I'm wrong, but I was, I was thinking about it the other day. I was watching this, this show and they like had this breakfast cereal. It was like old breakfast cereal that we all used to have. 
I think that information comes at us so fast now. There's so much, such an influx of it. And at the time, you know, when we were all growing up, when our parents were growing up. It's comforting. Well, it, it was, is, yeah. But also the information was limited, right? There was like yeah. these specific shows, these specific brands. You could only see a few of them, especially in like a grocery store. You could only have X amount of shelf space. If you're watching Disney or Nickelodeon, like you'd only see a few shows. And now there's so many options that I don't think that there's necessarily something... We, as a society, younger people are banding around and being like, that's our thing. That's what I'm gravitating towards. We're like, yeah. I pulled up on this. I don't know if you remember this show, like some stupid intro of the, of that show. Salute your shorts back I in love the day. That show. Yeah. <sighs> and exactly. Yeah. So Taylor, can... <laughs> you got to insert the theme song to salute your but shorts like, in here. Just little things like that where like that song could come on and Lauren would be like, Oh my God, it'll take you back to childhood. I don't know. Maybe there's a few things, but I think, a yeah. lot of the kids now they have access to so many different things that we're we're not all centralized consuming just a few different things. Does okay, whose idea was it to have Chris Jenner in the video? And just can we talk about how iconic that was? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely Ariana's because we um, we were like, oh, should we get Amy Poehler? We definitely tried to get we wanted to get a lot of like the cast. Um, from the films because we thought it'd be really fun to like have like a little cameo of like the actual person, right? And they and still say no, like even no, with that success? No, and then, and as we were, as we were like going through the process of like just sort of naming people, we were like, oh, Chris Jenner. And Ariana had the idea and she, w- I think she just shot her a text, <laughs> you know? And, and at that point, I think Jennifer Coolidge and her were like DMing because Ariana does a really good Jennifer Coolidge impression. So at and then we, she just like DM'd her like right then, like, hey, I'm doing this video. I really want you in it. And it became like this like really fast moving, fast moving thing. And it was it was really cool just to see like her reach and just how excited she got about it. And we got Jonathan Bennett from Mean Girls. And then we got one of the extras, not extra. We got one of like the character types from Mean Girls, the army pants and flip flops girl. We got her to be in it. And <laughs> it was just fun to like go after some of the people, but then also make it personal to Ariana by using her friends, you know, more in line with like the culture and moment of today. Are you nervous when they're like, oh, you're going to be filming and directing Ariana Grande's Thank You Next video? And by the way, can Keeping Up with the Kardashians also come in and film Kris Jenner? Like, this is so much happening. Like, the stimulation, you must have been exhausted the next day. Oh, my God. No, I go into what's called a set hangover afterwards, and it's a real thing. It's worse than a hangover because you can't just cure it with, like, some ad. I get it when I do, uh, like, a meetup or a live speech. I know exactly what you're talking about. You need to recharge. Adrenaline thing, Mm -hmm. and I'll be just, like, in pain like and like somebody has to come over with an IV drip like it's I can't even like leave my bed it's awful and um because you're operating on a lot of adrenaline yeah and I'd never drink enough water but now that I'm like starting to like drink more water it's like a little less but yeah the adrenaline is really what gets you but yeah so the pressure of that knowing that this is like such a moment because it is rare when you're on set and you're like oh this is a big deal like you don't go into something like yeah this is gonna be the shit like you just don't like that's stupid but for this one it was definitely a different thing and I've never experienced that before and I think it was just a lot of preparation and knowing that I'm covered and can like really um, like cover myself if something were to go wrong, because it always does. You never have all the time you need. You never have uh, all the things that you need. You never have enough money. You never have enough resources. As big as our budget was, you never have all the things like to really execute in the way that it should be. So you're constant and you're constantly being thrown curveballs and, you know, you never know what's going to come up. So the more prepared I am, the more I feel like I can like handle whatever's thrown at me. And, and then, yeah, I'm going to be on keeping up with Kardashians. Sure. Just make sure I have somebody that do my 
my hair. <laughs> and I'd love light to follow me around. Yeah. I want to know. So I want to know what happens after the success of that video, because I imagine other artists, prominent artists in the space, see, oh, wow, look how, how that thing just crushed it. Did they start reaching out, trying to poach or you, like, how does that all work for you? Like, what is, do you know what to say yes and no to now? Yeah, it's it's tricky. And and I'd like to say like, oh yeah, now all the artists are after me. No, they're not. Like, it's more like, oh, she's Ariana's director. Uh, so they kind of like stay away. Wait a minute though. Wait a minute. I saw that you just shot Car- Kylie skin and it, you, you might correct me. Is the word shot or direct? I say both. Like, yeah, I shot that. Okay. Obviously I didn't, everybody who knows like. And that I was major. It. it was so cute. Thank so you. did did Chris see you directing Thank You Next and then say, hey, Hannah, can you also come do Kylie's skin while you're at it? Yeah, no, it's funny. I, I really feel like you never know what jobs are going to lead you to what, which goes back to, you know, even when you're starting out as like a tangible piece to like take away from this, like you really should be saying yes to everything and do it with like a really great attitude because you never know what's going to lead to something else. Well, you also don't know who you're like. I think you can even take that down to the micro and say you never know who you're going to meet and you have to think about every interaction as what it's going to be later, even if you think it's not important or that person's not important. Totally. You never know like how like, oh, this PA randomly from like five years ago is now going to be part of like the music department at some random like, you know, company. You never know what's going to happen. So it's really important just to say, really stay a good person. (laughs) It's like those people, you know, when you meet them and they're we, we, Lauren and I call them like the the over the shoulder lookers where they mm-hmm. they meet you, but maybe you're in like a, a setting where there's more important people and they're looking over your shoulder waiting oh to meet God, the I next. Those people are always fucked. I call that a totally. lily patter. That's a lily patter. You know, like a frog goes to lily pad to lily pad to get to the other. Oh, lily I like that because there's been a few instances where I can like even think of right now where I've, I've I'm met sure especially people in your life. and like, but this was like four years ago and like I met people at something and they were like, oh hey yeah 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 and, and like they they're always, like looking they always behind come back. me for the next person and I'm just like I remember you and like it's listen it's not a big deal I'm not like losing sleep over it but it's I it's it's funny I totally remember them and I wouldn't like choose to work with them we experience it's like somebody will come on the show we'll have them on and then they're like okay maybe and then later like it'll you know the show grows and then they'll come back around and say, oh, actually, now I want to. And it's like, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's it part happens. of the game, though. It's it's fine. You know, it yeah. happens. But I like to I always say the reason those people are fucked is because you never like it's not linear, right? Like you could start on, let's just say there's levels like level one to 10. Somebody could be on level one, but before you know it, they could jump to level 10. And if you treated them like shit when they're at level one, like now that they're level 10, they're not going to come back. You never know like where someone's going to go. I always totally. tell Michael, I'm like. I don't ever want to be interviewing someone on this podcast because of the number of followers they have. If they can provide tangible takeaways to the audience, we always put the audience first, then I'm happy. No, and that, even if they have a hundred really followers. That. No, you guys are so great at that. Like your episodes have like lots of like value. Sometimes there's people that have no following, but they just have a really interesting story. So that's what we hope to do. Who has been the worst person to work with? If you're allowed to say, you can't say, say you're crazy. I'll tell you off air. Okay, <laughs> I'll Instagram. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> who's, who's, been who's been the best person to work with besides Ariana Grande? What does it rhyme with? <laughs> no, who's been the best person can to work with? Can you imagine? Um, yes, I can imagine. <laughs> 
Um, okay, I'd say, I mean, I love working with people who have a strong vision for themselves because I feel like we're able just to get really specific about what they want to say and do in their video. I just worked with Halsey on her video for Nightmare. Mm -hmm. And that was a really cool moment because that was like very much about like female empowerment. And it was, and it had all the makings of something that could really make a lot of noise for her. And so it was fun to work with her on a project where she was like coming back out again in a way because she had, you know, been on her last project. And now this is going to be the beginning of her next thing. And she had a really strong vision for herself. And um, she was able to really focus in on like characters she wanted to be and ways she wanted to look and like a world that she wanted the video to live in. So I love to work with an artist who can kind of give me that, that like those starting points. And to then I, so then I can collaborate with them further to then, you know, create something again, that's very authentic to them. But that, but not, like I said, not all, all artists are like that. I work with another artist named Anne Marie, who yes, has like a strong idea for herself. And she's like, so, so, so talented um, and a really great performer, but maybe we're not having these really in-depth conversations about what the concept is. But when I work with her, I feel like she's just really engaged and she gives me something on camera that's just so special. Like it really, like she's just so good. It just like touches your heart and it feels like sunshine wrapping all around you. When you directed Kylie's skin, was it something that you worked with her directly on or is it, is it something that they gave you the idea? They said, this is what I want to do. And then you went and directed it. For that one, it was a very last minute situation. Like I think I got the call on it like on a Friday and we shot on Monday. Yeah. But she had been working with somebody on the set design for a while, I think. And they were just sort of keeping that in, the, in their back pocket, of like, but they didn't know when they wanted to execute it. So um, that was something where um, it was I was interviewing the family like separately on like what skincare was like for them, like growing up and like sort of like their like skin routine and really sort of just sort of like probing them with things that, where they could just talk about skin and like confidence and like making and creating a story more broadly around skin and not so specifically around like Kylie's skincare line. Um, so that one was really sort of a conversation with her and her team. Of, okay, what's the goal here? Okay, we want to talk about skin. We want to talk about confidence. Great. I'll, and I'll create some questions that can sort of like lead into some of those answers that will create a story that's like one to two minutes long. And then we wanted to do some beauty shots of her. And then we wanted to see a tutorial where Kylie and her friends and and Chris were able to sort of use the products. And so um, we had the idea to, you know, remove the mirror and have the camera where the mirror would be and to have them sort of like washing their face in a real sink and then like looking up to camera as if that were the mirror. So that one, it was just kind of like, what do we want to hit? Like, what are like the sort of bullets we want to get out of this and then okay let me see how I can like make that happen for you and then what's the look and feel that you're going for great let me get with the team and we'll execute what a fun job you have in a way you are a content creator like you're I, what do you I mean in a way in a hundred no no no, no but like a content creator when you hear that you think blogger nowadays you are a complete content creator that's I wouldn't even describe you as um as a music director like you're you create content for a living yeah I mean I, at first well, when I, when I started out, really, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a music video director. And now I'm like, well, I'm not really like a film director because I don't just do like film and I haven't done like a narrative, like a feature yet. But I'm a director. But then they're like, oh, director of what? Director of sales, director of marketing. Like, and so it becomes like this. OK, I titles are really difficult it's, in 2019. It's been a big like, you know, yeah. you're whatever the fuck you want to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm a direct. I'm like a creative I have the, director. The hardest director. time yeah. when people ask like what I do. I'll, oh, I'm sure. I don't know. Just because, say you're Lauren's husband. Well, listen, for a long there time, I think that's how people, you, you know, 
know, we're living in a time now where you, you know, for uh, there's like bugs have a single focus in their life, right? Like if you're an ant that you have a single focus, if you're a bee, there's, but humans, you evolve over time, right? So Can we just it's, true. On that? it's true, right? So like, I think for a long time, people strive. Too many mosquitoes in our house no, right now. And they strive to have this singular focus and this one thing they were good at forever. But, you know, like the Romans, you go from the, ants to Romans. I love you, it. Well, you go, you know, <laughs> maybe you place. started as like you were in school and then you became a soldier and went to war. And then maybe later you go and you, you come back and you operate a business. And then later you participate in the Senate and politics. And then later you become a philosopher. Like that's like, that was the, the scope of their life. And I think that's what people are getting back to is they're saying, okay, I could be this thing to start. And then I evolved to this and this and this. Yeah. I don't think you want to strive for a singular focus anymore. Like I said, that's for the birds. Yeah. I think what, what's really helped me in my career is being multifaceted and having a lot of skills. Like I'm able to edit my videos, which I do. I'm able to, I'm able to like look at something and be like, oh yes, the style is great. This makeup is great. This would look really good on this person. I'm able to like look at somebody and be like, yes, that's going to be great. Let's put more of that, less, more of that, less of that. And I'm able to really sort of assess the look of something. And I think that comes down to, down to taste as well. But I'm also able to like take photos. I'm able to edit what the photo looks like. I'm, I'm able to sort of like put together a visual treatment that can be impressive to show that I have taste and, you know, th that shows that I can be on the same like wavelength as them. I'm able to communicate that. And I think if you limit yourself just to one thing, when you're starting out, you could really like, you know, it could really do you a disservice. You're obviously very successful. I know you're married too. What's an ideal morning for you? Oh gosh. If you're at home, I know you're traveling a lot, but if you're at home, is there anything that sets you up for success? Oh my God. It's so, I was just telling my friend this right now because I, right now, everything in my life is so chaotic and I hate that right now. Like I feel it's, you. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. Like everything. I have like an unpacked suitcase. It's just like very much chaotic and I don't have a home office right now because we're redoing everything. And um, so an ideal morning and what sets me up for success is organization and having like a really good grip on and simplifying, I, I think. I'm just getting rid of more and more clothes like every single day, I feel like, because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to want to wear this to this random thing maybe in a year. Like it's in my way. So I think like simplifying things. Ideal mornings, I have to work out really, really, really early because if I don't, I may not get to it. What time do you wake up? I wake up at 5.50. What? 5.45. Hold on. 5.50. What time do you go to bed? I mean, if I'm lucky, like 1030. You and Michael, man. No, Lord, no, no. I, no. I'm, I'm going to get you I on like the early a, No, I like a 7 a.m. wake up. Don't this fuck not, with my sleep. This is not by choice. Like, okay. I mean, it is because I'm doing it. But listen, if I had it my way, I'd wake up at 8. I'd work out like at 11. I'd start my work around 3. But no, if I don't, if I don't prioritize like getting that shit done out of the way, then I, it, who knows if I'll be able to get to it. Because in my job, I don't get to plan my day. I, I get things thrown at me all day. Yes, I can plan my day with, like on certain days. I'll be like, okay, I have a meeting after this. I have a color session tonight. Like that's what I'm doing after this. But but tomorrow I have nothing on the calendar, like scheduled, but I'm probably going to be thrown something. And so if I'm thrown something and I haven't worked out yet, then like I'm not going to be able to do it. So I have to do it first thing. It's literally just going on the offense, right? Because for me, it's the same thing. Oh, it's like, here if I, we go. If you're you're going to get your, on your soapbox. No, no, but if you're up in your head and you get all your shit done, then once people throw things at you, you're not on the defense. I like, okay, cool, don't want to fuck up my hormones. And I feel like for me, Girl, I need I to wake up at you. seven. Like it just, I eat more if I don't, Michael. I I know my body. No, I wish I had that luxury. Like 
you're in a very cool spot. Yes, I'm sure you're like, it's going to change around. though when I launch product. I know that. Yeah. Trust you know, me. I know you're like the busiest woman in the world, but like for me, I, I just can't, I don't have the luxury of like being, oh, this is, I get to like dictate what my afternoon looks like. I, my job is really to feel the text from an artist. Oh, I have to go to that thing now. Like it's, it's well, you could. Are coming up. This is what I'm saying. You could, you could have that life. You could do that, but then you're sacrificing the other things, right? Like, yeah, well, it's just like, for me, I could do the same thing. I could get up at like 10, 30, 11, maybe 12, roll out of bed, maybe like take a walk. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> the sacrifice like, like, would be, I would not point, be able to work out like that. would. But be I'm it. saying you might like the sacrifice could also be, you wouldn't have all the opportunities that you've had. And that's what I'm saying. The, yeah. the, the thing about doing difficult things and having mental toughness and doing things that other people won't do is it sets you up for opportunities that other people won't get. Is this a job at me? No, it's not. It's just, it's just the truth, right? Like, like when I think about like, if there, if there was somebody competing with me and they're like, okay, well, you're going to get up at five and I'm going to get up at eight and like, I'm going to work at my pace. You're going to work at yours. I'm like, yes. And see how that ends. Right. Because if it, if it comes down to like, you're going to work with me, or you're going to work with the person who's doing the other strategy. Like probably that person will end up working with me as the way they would end up working with you. And my only point is to give yourself a competitive edge over people that aren't willing to, to try to take that edge. Okay. Maybe I'll wake up at six 30 tomorrow. I want to ask you a personal question because <laughs> I always ask personal questions yeah. on this show. Has, has your life with your with the people that you grew up with or family or people that have been close to you has that been d- difficult because it's a I good think question I, I want I'm starting to think about a lot of the the relationships that you built and it's relationships that I'm sure a lot of people would like to have <clears throat> oh god but, the fake well, cough I, 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 just I get it out you know, <laughs> get it out <laughs> I, well, I, I did I'm starting to wonder how has that impacted some of your personal relationships? I'm sure there's been some people that have been completely supportive. And I think maybe there's also been some people that it's been a difficult transition. Or some people that are like, all, like th- this is my favorite. Hey, Lauren, I was in your second grade class. Two things to the back. Oh, actually, it was the other teacher. I, yeah, You maybe remember me. We played on the playground once. I'm like, well, what I'm asking <laughs> is like, sometimes with, with what you're doing Can now. you promote my product? Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if that's impacted some of your personal Yeah, what are the dynamics? Yeah, I think it really affected um, my relationships in the beginning of my career, like a lot, because I was always canceled. I, not like the people I'm, let's like take away like the last few years, right? But in order to really make it in this business, and I think we're kind of touching on this, you really do have to sacrifice a lot and you have to give up a lot of time to like the last minute things. So if I were to have dinner plans and my girlfriends and I that I've known for 10 years who I met in LA, if, if I were to have dinner plans with them and it got to a point where I had to cancel all the time, if they got angry that I had to keep canceling and then all of a sudden... Like they'd be like, well, you know what? We're not going to be friends anymore. Like, like fine. Like that happened so many times. That's why you're friends with Krista. She but, gets it. Oh my god, girl, she gets it. She gets but, it. Like I, that happened so many times. Like growing, growing up here in LA. I mean, I, you know, I had my like formative years here. I'd say so. I feel like I'm like kind of from here in a way, even though I moved here like 18. But um, that happened a lot. Like a lot of friendships ended. A lot of relationships were really suffered because of it. And it's the people who who stuck around, like I have a best friend who I've had since I was 17 years old and she like totally gets it. Like everybody I'm friends with now, like they get it. And they're maybe also in the same sort of position to where they have to like get up and go or like cancel something last minute because something comes up. And that's really the nature of this industry, not my specific job, but like the entertainment industry of things coming up. So I mean, if anything, it's weeded out people that, you know, maybe we're not going to be a good fit long term, which is great. And I mean, my husband, he's my producer. He's my executive producer. So we work together, which is fantastic. How is that? It's um, in the beginning of the really we met working. Okay. He um, he produced a video that I directed 
almost eight years ago. And it was very instant. He had a girlfriend at the time. I like, it was like, I was a mess. They called me Hurricane Hannah back then. And um, we met and it was like instant. I'm like, oh my God, why haven't we been best friends before? Like, why weren't we best friends? Like, it was like a very instant, like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're going to be friends forever. This is great. And then we started to hang out more and hang out more. I'm like, oh no, you're going to be my husband. You're going to break up with that girl. And um, which I made him do. (laughs) And, um, and so what I'm trying to get to is that I found people in my life who are now my closest friends and really my family. And it's a really tight group. Like I don't have like a million people. We had like 60 people at our wedding. Um, and, and it's those people that sort of get it and understand the lifestyle and support it and are not going to be like weirded out or angry at me for canceling dinner the night of. Well, I think this happens on every level, especially with young people, right? You run around, it's like your little your little gang. And then you maybe you get a relationship or you get a job or you and like people get so pissed like this is not I, I was sitting with Lauren and Wes the other day and I was and we were joking around and you know we, I was like, listen, I don't want to spend the rest of my life just with you two. Like, I need to evolve. And it's like, I love them and I want to be with them. Who are the, you going to hang but out But the with? point is, it's like you're, you're, we're constantly improving and, and growing as people. And I think that the people closest to you um, that love you the most can understand and appreciate that. And the ones that maybe don't or maybe they're for selfish reasons, they don't get it, right? You have to, you have to let people evolve and go on their path in life. Yeah. What's one piece of advice you would give our millennial audience? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm going to take a little tangent here because the millennial audience. I love you guys, but you can't cut the line. You have to put in the work. You cannot cut the line. Just end the show now. That's good. Like Taylor, pull this clip. (laughs) Like I think millennials today and the people just graduating think they can just like jump right into something that you've built, like been doing like for maybe 15 years and think that you have like are entitled to just be up there doing it. And I'm like, no, like you don't see all the hustle and crazy hard work and sacrifices that all these people have done. And yes, there's talent that can sort of like jump ahead and like sort of like get you noticed, like, you know, when you're when you're younger, which is great. And like young talent and fresh talent is great. But that doesn't make you that doesn't you're not entitled enough to sort of just stay there in a way that's like you you have to put in the work. And I think a lot of young people today don't put in the work. Well, nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes me anything. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes Lauren anything. Taylor. No, like, that's what people need to understand. Like, your mom and dad don't owe you anything. Your friends don't owe you anything. The public doesn't owe you anything. You have to put in the work. It's like yeah. baking a cake. You need a little patience, a little execution, a lot of execution. Um, you need what you were just saying. Like, you can't cut the line. I don't know what that would be called. Like, patience, I guess. Well, in my experience, too, when you, in, in instances in my personal life, I won't speak to everybody, when you do cut the line, it's short-lived. Yeah. And usually it's a painful fall. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to go that. It's a short lived, like a blip. But it's like, I think how you, I think the consistency of quality is what's going to make your, you get noticed in a way that will be long lasting and actually worth it and pay off. Book resource podcast you would recommend to our audience that you think would bring them value? Well, yours. Um, No, I really do think you guys are doing an amazing job. And every episode is just jam-packed with value and fun, like, takeaways. We have fun with it. Very entertaining. Um, There was a book I just read that I really, really loved. It is 
by Abby Wambach, who is a former Olympian soccer player. Um, and she is somebody who retired a couple years ago, and she wrote this fantastic book called Wolfpack. Wolfpack. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you can read it in like an hour. It's like a short, small book, and it's really sort of like a, a new rule book is sort of what she's calling it for young women and women everywhere. And you could read it and love it too, Michael. Um, but it's a book that really sort of it's really great tangible takeaways of like how to really just lead and be a leader in whatever circumstance you may be in and and really it to really shine light on um putting in the work and yeah it's just it's really really great i i can't say enough good things about her her message wolfpack yeah Wolf all right pack. i'm gonna i'm gonna get that i feel yeah. like i need that it's, where can everyone great. find you pimp yourself out instagram website everything um you can find me on instagram at hannah lux davis and my website's hannah lux davis.com and um yeah and it's lux with l-u-x l-u-x what's, your, what's your next project you're working on what's the next one i have some things coming up with ariana grande and a couple unexpected projects with her and i also um, I'm doing a docu-series on the Women's World Cup, cool. which is happening right now, which is why I'm also obsessed with Abby Wambach. And yeah. Killing it. Thank you so much for coming on. You're amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It's Thank a you for coming on the show. Wait, don't go. We are still doing the giveaway for Primal Kitchen. We are going to pick the winner on Friday, so make sure you enter before then. All you have to do to win a basket of $300 goodies from Primal Kitchen is go to my latest Instagram, at the Skinny Confidential. And tell us your favorite Primal Kitchen product. So easy. Guys, they're going to pick three of you to win each a $300 Primal Kitchen filled goodie basket. So head over to my Instagram at The Skinny Confidential. Tell us your favorite product and we will pick a winner on Friday. As always, thank you for listening. This episode was brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is your one-stop shop for high-end, high-quality, and highly discounted groceries, supplements, beauty products, household supplies. Thrive Market guarantees its customers 25 to 50% below retail on all items because it cuts out the middleman. Go to thrivemarket.com skinny for 25% off your first order and free shipping. Again, that's thrivemarket.com skinny for 25% off your first order and free shipping. When you do that, you'll also be taking Lauren's page so you see everything she just talked about. 